0: Welcome to The Connected Table Live. We're your hosts, Melanie Young and David Ransom, your insatiably curious culinary couple. We enjoy bringing you each week fascinating people around the world who work in wine spirits, food, and hospitality. And today we're thrilled to take you to one of our many, we love Italy, what's right? We sure do. We love Italy, and, and we're taking you to...
1: One of our favorite spots in Italy.
0: David, you do the big reveal. The, the,
1: the, the southwestern section of Italy, um, Campania, which is um, centered around the city of Naples, the beautiful city of Naples. And uh, so we're going there today to talk with one of the great winemaking families there.
0: So it's interesting. David and I had the great pleasure and honor of attending an event called Campania Stories in 2019, and it's a convivium. Of trade, wine trade professionals and journalists. And we got to travel throughout much of, but not all, of Campania. We really were centered around Avellino and uh, Napoli and Vesuvio. Um, we had the chance to meet a lot of producers, some of whom have been on this show, including um, our really good friends at Donna Chiara and um, Mustili was the other one. And uh, I think maybe one or two others, but not many. The area we're taking you to now is Caserta. It's in the northwest coastal part of Campania. So about an hour or so north yeah, of Yeah, a probably, little, little
1: an hour or so north, on north the coast. of Napoli itself.
0: Yeah, um, to Villa Matilda, Avalone. It's owned by the Avalone family. Uh, the founder, it's interesting, the founder, um, Francesco Paolo Avaloni, was a lawyer who was passionate about Roman history and kind of made a point of studying ancient grapes of the area before deciding to uh, settle and build uh, Villa Matilda, which is named for his wife, Matilda. Today, we're joined by Salvatore Avaloni, who with his sister, Maria Ida, is the for Ida, Ida Ida, is co-CEO and second generation overseeing Villa Matilda. So joining us from Italy, Campania, Caserta, Villa Matilda, Buongiorno Salvatore Avaloni.
2: Buongiorno.
1: Nice well, to meet you. Although it's more more like Buena Sera yeah, for, for you. Yeah,
0: for you. It's eight yeah. o'clock yeah, in
2: Italy. <laughs> we are in, 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 in the evening now. Yes, yes. Well, it's so nice
1: to have you on. We we have tried your wines before, and we have visited the region of Campania before, but not to Villa Matilda. So why don't you give us a little bit of the history of your family's winery and, and also how you got into wine?
2: Whose father, yeah. So, thank you to give me the opportunity to speak about the story of uh, my family, the story of Falerno. Falerno is a wine with more than two millennium of history, was the favorite wine of uh, Julius Caesar, Cleopatra, and many, many others during the last two millennium, and, The story of of Villa Matilde, our family winery, is the story of the Falerno in the last 60 years. Falerno wine, after two millennium of history, totally disappeared from the market, from the, uh, the wine shop, because the Philosopher at the end of 19th century totally destroyed the vineyards in the area of production, in area uh, locally called Ager Falernus. Ager Falernus means the fields in which the Falerno wine was produced. So my father, a, a lawyer, but also I can call you like a wine archaeologist Mm -hmm. during the last 50s had the idea to rebuild the ancient vineyards with some vine that he founded in the Ager Falernus area after 10 years of research to, to rebuild the Vineyards of the modern era, the Falerno of the Modern Era. So in, in Villa Matilde, my sister and Maria, Ida, and I are the second generation involved in this job, and uh, we have the responsibility to produce the modern Falerno, but modern with the style of winemaking. But in one hand, we have two millennium of history of culture of winemaking in our area. And the other hand, we know we want to control the best winemaking process and we want to to blend. One side the tradition and the other side, the modern technology. To produce a wine, a Falerno wine, with the roots in the story, but with a look to the modern wine making and testing style.
0: Salvatore, um, for our listeners, you know, Venum Falernum. From what we've learned, it was you know written about by poets like Virgil and Horace, and authors like Pliny. It was considered among the roman emperors and wine aficionados of the day a grand cru equivalent to a grand cru wine correct
2: yeah uh, falerno was uh, uh, was and is a, a cru like a cru is uh, the, the, the name of the area ager falerno and the terroir in which Since Roman imperial age, the Falerno was produced, are a very small area located close to the Tyrrhenian Sea and uh, uh, in the the middle of a crown of mountain. And at the top of this crown of mountain, we have the volcano of uh, uh, Rocca Monfino Volcan. The of Falerno is a specific, small, and uh, um, very characteristic geographic area in which the sea, from the sea, we have every day a sea breeze that refresh and give to our grapes a special salty taste. The vines are located in volcanic soil and the mountain protect this area against the bad weather and also give us a special climate, very fresh climate, in which we can have grapes with, and of course wine, with a lot of parfums and typical characteristic. Today we use to cultivate in this area some vines that are the direct descendant of the grape varieties cultivated in this area since uh, Roman imperial age. So in simple way, we can say that the red Falerno is produced with uh, a blend of Aglianico grapes and Piedirosso. But uh, these two grape varieties are special biotype that are cultivated in this area uh, since Roman imperial age with specific organolectic characteristic.
0: You know, I'm big fans of the um, native grapes of Campania and I know you are too, David. Um, I had the, just as a reference Salvatore, I don't know, I may have been to your winery many, many years ago. I did a program with Tony May, who in San Amenico. You know, Tony, and we did something called checkpoint, yeah. yeah, good friend yeah, yeah. and, and I May, had yeah. some, a consulting uh, relationship with him, and we produced a program for the region regione Campania called Checkpoint Campania and it was my first introduction to the region. We did a big campaign in the United States, and I went over with a group of journalists and I feel like i I felt like I've been to Villa Matilda, but I thought what but I fell in love with these grapes. I'd never had. Um, Falangina, Greco di Tufo, aglianico i never had any of them—and uh, they were really made me fall in love with the wines of Southern Italy for the first time. Why do you think? You know, what? what let's talk about the unique characteristics of these grapes. Uh, maybe start
2: with some of the whites. Yeah. So if. Um I can explain you better the Mm -hmm. special characteristic of Iannico and Falangina that we grown in this area. Right. With the the, uh, comparison uh, with the people that live and work in, in, uh, in this area close to the sea. So the people, that live in close to the sea in a sunny area in a very warm area like this one or the napolitan people are normally um, sunny in in uh, in the character we open-minded we in and they can have relationship in the very easy way the same for the Aglianico and the Falangina that we can have in this area compared to the Aglianico or Falangina from other areas of Campania region are more smooth, warm and uh, um, velvet than all the other Aglianico and Falangina and of course are also deep. In, uh, in the aromatic frame and full-bodied in, in the taste. The Alianico, for example, of the area of Taurasi are like the people that uh, lives in the mountain. is much more austere, rocky in the taste, and a little bit aggressive. The acidity is higher. Compared to the Aglianico that we have in the Falerno area.
1: Well, I, I think some of that has obviously to do with the elevation and the fact that it's a little bit cooler up in the mountains in places like Erpina and and mm-hmm. and other other surrounding areas like that. And with Falerno being closer to the to the sea, it's a little warmer, moderate climate. Is that is is that your take on it as well, Salvatore?
2: Yes, it's true. Our vineyards and the vineyards of all the Falerno area are located on the slopes of the hills that surround the volcano of uh, of Rocca Monfina from 100 up to 200, 250 meters on the sea level. Uh, Volcanic soil, salty breeze, fresh temperature, so this is a mix uh, of elements that gave to this type of wine a a special aromatic and tasting profile. The the that we have in the Rocky Mount uh, area of uh, of Irpinia, in the Taurasi area, the temperature in in that area are lower compared with temper and the climate condition in the Falerno area. In these days, uh, two days ago, in, uh, in, in Taurasi, we had the, the snow. Uh, Today, in the Taurasi area, we have uh, about uh, three degrees uh, Celsius. In the Falerno area, today, we had uh, 14 degrees. So, the temperature, the climate condition is totally different. And, of course, the soil composition is different. In the Taurasi area, we have uh, a a blend of volcanic soil, clay, and tuff. In, uh, in the area of Falerno, a blend of always volcanic soil, ashes, and sand. So you can understand the terroir, climate condition give this different taste and different characteristics of these two type of ayanicos and wines. The Matilde winery is been founded in the 60s. My father, my father founded. The, the first vineyards, a very small vineyard in, the, in that age, with the goal to produce, to reproduce the wine, for the Falerno wine, for his friend and a few wine lovers. Um, actually, I am the second generation, and with my sister, we in, improved The sites of uh, uh, our uh, winery. Well and up to about two hundred and forty acres, one hundred and seventy two in the area of uh, uh, Falerno and uh, Uh, 70 acres in the area of Taurasi, Greco di Tufo, Fiano di Avellino, with our uh, second winery. But the third generation is coming with my sons and my niece, Cristina, that are also involved in this job.
0: So you you're you're the second generation and you're you're you have the third generation coming up. Just to recap, your your father, you said, started this really as just a way to make wines for his special friends. And he did, he said, a t- a 10 years of research and he went to different universities to really study these ancient grapes. And we understand he found and located a very small amount, maybe a handful of pre-phroxera vines that he planted. Is that right?
2: Yeah, he found it after more than 10 years of research in the ancient era of Falerno. He found just few uh, vines that was the direct descendant of the grape variety cultivated in the same terroir in the Falernus, in the Agere Falernus since Roman time, Roman Imperial Age.
0: You know what we call that starting- United States? You know what we call that United States? We call that finding a diamond in the rough or a diamond <laughs> in the sand, because it is just to let our listeners know how exceptional that is, that it's very unlikely to find pre which means more than a century old, because for our listeners who may not know when the um the Phylloxera blight hit Europe. It was the late 19th century, okay? Just a little history. So to be able to find pre-phylloxera vines in this specific area and replant them is very, very rare. It's like very, finding an oyster in a pearl or a rare diamond, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. It's exactly the same. And, you uh, uh, if you, if you know, but probably uh, in, in, in south of Italy, the wine was very important in uh, the family uh, economy. And in the, the, that type of wine um, survived just uh, in the small vineyard for family con- wine, con- in which was produced the wine for family consumption, for uh, daily diet of the people involved in the in the job in the fields, and uh, uh, we was we was lucky. I can I can say to find these few vines. My father, starting from that about, was in totally. 1920 vines, he started a program of multiplication, these vines and finally in 1965 he planted the first vineyard of the modern age also my sister and I actually when we want to to improve the number of acres of vineyards that we have in our estate, we use the same technique. We cut the shoots of our own vines in the vineyards, and we multiplicate the uh, the vine to plant, to build a new vineyard with the same Variety with the same biotype that my father founded more than 50 years ago.
0: It's so interesting.
1: You know, it is interesting. And you know what I love about the Villa Matilda wines? They've actually um, they've got these beautiful um, replantings of old vines, but, and they've actually started to make some of the wines in the historical fashion as well so they're using they're using clay amphora to make some of the wines as well they're making the modern style wines as well Mm -hmm. but they they're experimenting and and using the traditional methods to make some of these wines too and they're and they're very interesting what they're coming out with. so
0: salvatore you referenced briefly and then we were cut off and we're back you know you talked about the other vineyards so you have three different areas growing areas and production areas how are they all different each different
2: Yeah, uh, you can understand that a family that have the responsibility to produce The Falerno wine, a wine that is not just a wine, but is like a legend in the uh, enological history of our region, of course, produced just with the indigenous and very old grape varieties, have concentrated his effort to study, to develop the potential of our own indigenous grape. So when we decided, with my sister, to, to build another winery, our choice was very easy. We, we select the area in which you can grow, we can grow just other indigenous varieties like Greco di Tufo, like Fiano di Avellino, and of course, Aglianico, for Taurasi. We also have their vineyards in the area of Benevento close to the Taburno mountain, in which we produce our Falangina Italianico Rocca de Leoni uh, style and brand. And uh, the differences of this area, of the area of Benevento is uh, Uh, It's quite interesting. The the soil is richer compared with the other two areas, very uh, fresh climate condition, and uh, uh, the the vineyards are located around 300, 400 meters on the sea level. So the characteristic of the wine that we can have in this area are wine with a good acidity, very fresh and full aromatic frame. So, for example, we have an Aglianico for Falerno with the characteristic of that area, an Aglianico produced in the area of Benevento and a third Aglianico in the area of Taurasi. The, about the same grape varieties, but uh, different terroirs give to our wines a totally uh, different style. So we want, our our choice is to to develop the potential and the different characteristic of indigenous grape varieties and our terroir. Velo Matilde is not a, a... A big winery. We use just the grapes produced in our own vineyards to produce all our wines and we harvest every vineyard and we ferment, we refine every vineyard separately from all the other because we want to 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 give the, the opportunity to read in the glass, the different taste of the terroir, the different characteristic of each geographic area in which we grown up our vineyards and we produce our grapes.
0: So you really can taste the terroir in the glass. I love
1: the fact that you're fermenting all the different uh, vineyards and all the different uh, pickings that you do separately and then Figuring out what you've got and then blending together for the best flavor profile from there. It's a it's a lot of labor intensive work, but it really creates a wonderful wine in the end.
0: True. I have a question yes. for you. I have a question for you. How do you and your sister, as co-CEOs, split up responsibilities? And what is what is it like to work with your sister? I mean, like as a kid, as, as a young child, were you like friends or did you like you know, pull puller pigtails and now you're working together? How does it work?
2: Yeah, uh, this is an interesting question. So, in my opinion, this is the power of the family. Uh, with my sister, we work together since, how? Oh, the sixties of, uh, of last, uh, last centuries. And uh, every day we speak about what we can do to improve the quality, to improve our brand, to improve our um, acknowledge, of our terroir and our wine. But every day, we don't want to forget our history. In, in easy way, we taste our wine about every day. We discuss with the people that work in the vineyards, that work in our cellar, And we try to do every day better. Of course, with two different brain, two different opinion and different experience. And this is interesting to compare my opinion with the opinion of my sister and also with the opinion of our peoples. To to improve the characteristic of the Falerno, to compare the taste of the modern Falerno with the style and the type of taste of the Falerno of ancient Romans. I have to say one thing that could be interesting for you. In the ancient time, the Romans, Julius Caesar, used to drink the Falerno and also the other wine, not just Merum. Merum is a Latin word that means pure, ju- just wine in the glass. But they used to blend the Falerno wine with water and very often with sea water, honey, spice, with many different. They used to age and to refine the Falerno wine in clay amphoras for minimum 20 years, up to 100 years, and they used to store this amphoras in the fumarium, in other Latin words, to call, used to call fumarium, the room in which all the smoke produced in the fireplace of the villas was concentrated, so you can understand that a wine aged for one hundred years, smoked for one hundred years, and uh, concentrated for one hundred years, because from the microfauna of the clay of the amphoras, the the water that we have the water pressure percentage that we have into a wine goes evaporate, so goes, goes out. So the wine during Roman imperial age was quite similar to a sauce. And this is the reason why the Romans used to blend with water, honey, spice, and so on. But the taste of the pure wine and we produce also today a small quantity of wine with the same Roman technique is every day for us an element to study an element to to work around to understand better and to make our wine modern one side but close to the ancient tradition to other side and believe me is not so not so easy to do
0: no it's very labor-intensive i'm just wondering what a wine aged 100 years in amphora with seawater and in, in a fumarion would taste like well it's
1: it's interesting because it's it's a very historical process <laughs> yeah. of making yeah it, and it was used very it was used a lot in ancient roman times the Pumarium. and uh, it's
0: well, we also have to remember that wine in ancient times this is important. there was sacramental wine right for the church, but also wine was the essential beverage because the water in many European communities was was not pure, was impure and potentially toxic. So the culture of drinking wine in countries like Italy and France and and elsewhere, a lot of it started because wine you drank to your health. I mean, that's how it all started, drink to your health. Uh, Salud, santé, you know, because you wanted to um, have something that you could trust was safer to drink than water. Right,
2: Salvatore? Yeah, yeah, and uh, in in the ancient time, uh, in in Italy, uh, the the wine the the people say that the wine make it make the people used to drink safe and healthy. But uh, this is not a, a a I'm a wine producer, not a far- pharmacy producer. So I ho- I I think that it's better to to drink a good wine and to enjoy the taste and the flavor of our wine. In my opinion, one of an important part of my job is to concentrate in a bottle of wine our philosophy two millennium of winemaking the culture of the people of Campania region and the parfums of my terroir, of the area in which this wine is produced. So an experience to taste in a sip of Falerno wine and to remember a walk across our vineyards with the parfums in springtime and in summertime of well matured grapes, of the flowers that you can find in our organic vineyards, and with the landscape of the beautiful Bay of Naples in, in your eyes. So, this is a concentration of taste emotion, and story.
0: Well, we're visualizing the Bay Mm -hmm. of Naples right now, because it really...
1: (laughs) We haven't been able to travel there in a while, and we're very much
2: looking...
0: And speaking of, we understand you have a a beautiful hotel, the Grand Hotel Parker in in Napoli, right? Your family.
2: Yeah, we... uh, My family owns a... Beautiful and again historical. The the story is an important part in, in our family business and mm-hmm. our family philosophy. The name of the hotel is Grand Hotel Parkers and is located just in the center, in the middle of the uh, Bay of Naples, with a beautiful view on the on Capri, Sorrento coast and uh, Posillipo hill. And uh, in, in our hotel we and we run uh, a a Michelin, Michelin star uh, restaurant, mm. George restaurant, in which we can taste uh, traditional preparation with uh, a touch, again, of contemporary cuisine style.
0: Oh, it sounds great. We we can't wait to come back. Honestly, we, okay, hope, we hope we hope you get invited. And, <laughs> and
1: for our listeners tuning in, it's on top of the hill in Naples, so you've got a view of the entire Bay <laughs> yeah. of Naples you, below you. It's a beautiful.
2: Spot. Everybody needs to, to see we the Bay of Naples. You now, yes. in Villa Matilde and in our team as soon as possible. But also in Villa Matilde, we have we have an agriturismo, so we you can you can uh, plan your tour in Naples with uh, a perfect day that can start with a tour in our vineyard, a testing of our wines in the cellar, a tour in the cellar also, or a visit in the archaeological area very close to our estate. And then, for example, you we can plan a, a tour on a sea boat from this area to the Naples Harbor, and then you can finish your day dining in our George restaurant uh, with the landscape of Naples, Sorrento and Amalfi Coast in your eyes.
0: Well, it just sounds dreamy. I was looking um, at the pictures we took and we posted one in our newsletter and blog, and it was literally the blue of the sea and the blue of the sky met, and we're like one. It was the most beautiful, uh, we call it, you know, Campania Blue. Um, It was on the Sorrento coast. But for anyone listening, we urge you when we can and will travel again, put Campania and Naples on Napoli, Naples on your map. Um, It is a beautiful area. The wines are wonderful and 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 it's a great experience it's a as you said it's a cultural experience it's not just visiting and learning about wine and tasting it's an entire immersion into a unique cultural identity of italy uh, that we think is just fabulous
2: we wait you in uh, in uh, in our region because uh, it's very important that we can remember that the Campania is the cradle of all wines of south of Italy, because you know that the grape varieties are arrived in Italy, in France, in Spain, from the Greek islands more than 2,500 years ago, when all this area was a big Greek colony in Italy or the south of Italy was one, the main Greek colony outside the Greek islands called Magna Greca, and uh, uh, our area, our land for winemakers is like an open-air museum. And not just for winemakers, we have a lot of beautiful archaeological sites in which you can enjoy a tour of our area, but also from the wine side, In in the Falerno area, we have more than 140 ancient Roman wineries that you can visit and you can understand more about the story of winemaking in this area and in Campania region.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's a great way to, to, to conclude our chat with you to talk about the fact that Campania really is a cradle of many civilizations in winemaking. And um, I wrote an article once from my art trip Uh, two years ago to Campania about Cristo, which they say is tears of Christ because when um, Christ came down and saw the beauty of Naples, he cried everywhere. That's one of the stories behind it because it's such a beautiful area and, and you really can weep for joy because when you go there, you, you, you go, Oh my goodness, this is so beautiful. I've come to heaven. It really is beautiful. You're, you're lucky to live there. We're lucky to have you today on the connected table Salvatore, We want to thank you and thank you again for the tasting we did with you a week or so ago. Um, we had the pleasure of tasting Villa Matilda Wines, which we want to note are imported to the United States by Cobrand Corporation. Give them a shout out as well. So they are widely available in the United States for any of you who'd like to try the wines of Villa Matilda. So thank you so much for joining us on the Connected Table Live, Salvatore. <laughs>
2: Thank you, thank you so much for your time, for your interest, and again to give me the opportunity to speak with you about my family and our wines. Thank you.
1: Well, it was our pleasure, Salvatore, and and um, we hope that we can raise a glass with you in person, of course, in the not too dear, not too distant future. And until then, uh, we hope uh, the the season goes well for you, and obviously, grape grapes keep growing and Wine keeps being made, so we'll Well, we'll I would hope so. We'll, we'll look forward <laughs> we'll look forward to that next time we get to see you.
0: And to our listeners, we hope we've, you know, spiked your appetite and your curiosity to try the wines of Campania and Villa Matilda. Because as always, our closing message to you is stay insatiably curious. Thank you again for another edition of the Connected Table.
2: Thank you so much, and finger crossed for have the opportunity to to plan a touring campagna. Thank you.